welcome back to Between Two Wings. I'm your host, Emily Norman. And today we have Stephen Curry with us, who is an army vet who served in Afghanistan and Iraq. And he has a really unique perspective on becoming a pilot and, you know, now as a CFI uh, instructing students. So Stephen, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for your service. Uh, something that means definitely a lot to me. And of course, thank you so much for coming on Between Two Wings. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So I'd like to start off by kind of diving into our backgrounds here. Um, the photo I picked was from the ABLE flight pinning ceremony um, at Oshkosh uh, in 2021. And the reason why I picked it is because, you know, it's a really inspiring ceremony. If you haven't been to this, when you go to Oshkosh, I highly recommend you do. Um, but it's really what inspired me to want to reach out to ABLE flight and, you know, interview someone uh, from that organization or someone who's directly benefited from the organization. And when I was going back to my photos, I actually saw that oh, wrong, wrong finger, but you're right there. <laughs> you're in this yeah, photo. So. That's me. <laughs> yeah. So that's it's great neat. that, yeah. So it's great that, you know, full circle here, I'm, you know, able to sit down and chat with you and share your story with others. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome picture. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to send it to you later. Um, but anyways, looks like your background is also at Oshkosh. What's the story behind that? Yes, I was also uh, Oshkosh 2021. Um, I just finished up my CFI uh, with the help of Able Flight. So I went out to, to Oshkosh for the, the pinning ceremony. Um, I'd been wanting to go to Oshkosh for a few years anyway, so that was a good excuse to get out there. Mm -hmm. And um I was lucky, lucky enough to get a ride out on a practically brand new TBM. And, uh, you know, Oshkosh is pretty vast. Uh, as much as you walk around, I feel like I never really got to see all of it. And so when we were flying out, you know, I looked down and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this place really is, really is huge. Because on the flight in, we were so focused on looking for traffic and kind of just taking it all in. Uh, the approach in is pretty exciting on the way out, it was a little more relaxed and, you know, just looking out the window and taking pictures. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, the best way to describe Oshkosh is uh Disney world for pilots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, it's incredible. And like, when you get that aerial perspective, you realize that there are so many other sections that you probably should have explored, but you didn't have time to, but that's why we keep coming back and they're always adding new and fun, exciting things there. Yeah, you can just walk. It feels like you can go any direction and just keep walking forever and never get to the end of it. So, yeah, it's yeah. definitely something I got to go back to. Exactly. Um, so let's kind of start off, you know, you are a you know pilot and CFI now, but where did this interest for aviation start and what did your journey look like? So really, I've been fascinated with aviation ever since I was a child. I mean, I don't, I don't know, you know, many kids who don't look at airplanes and helicopters and, you know, uh, you know, wonder about those and want to be a pilot. And, uh, so even back as a child, like playing video games, flying video games, stuff like that. Um, but really what, what got me going was my deployment to Afghanistan. We mainly got around in helicopters. Um, so that was pretty fun. I got to meet some of the crew chiefs and they introduced me to some pilots and, uh, I decided like, that's really, I think this is what I, where I want to take my military career. So I had my wife mail me a bunch of how to fly helicopters books and principles of helicopter flight and all this stuff. So I could study and take the test to try to get into warrant officer school in the army. And, uh, 
while that process was going on, I went on my second deployment to Iraq and ended up getting injured. Um, came back and, you know, I figured that, that was kind of over with, <clears throat> um, especially coming back as an amputee. I was like, okay, well, flying's not going to, that's not uh, going to happen anymore. And I uh, ended up meeting uh, another amputee who was a instrument rated pilot. And he's missing his, he's missing a leg and an arm. Uh, you can't see him. He's hiding behind me in that picture. Um, but I knew that he had, he was a pilot and we were going to a board meeting up in Boston. He said, Hey, what do you think about, uh, taking a plane from Hagerstown and flying to Boston for this board meeting? I said, that'd be awesome. So we flew up to, to Boston and back. And when I saw like him do that and just the freedom of, to be able to like jump in a little plane and fly up there and not have to deal with the airports and stuff like that. And, uh, I was like, I gotta, I gotta find a way to do this. Um, and that's kind of where it all started for me was with him. Yeah, that's so great. Being able to meet Adam and get that inspiration to pursue, you know, this dream again, um, is really great. But what was, what was it like, you know, walking into a flight school, um, and just saying, Hey, I want to fly, uh, might be a little bit of a different student, but how can you help? So it's kind of funny, you know, go in there. I thought, you know, they probably deal with all kinds of people and they'll have the answers. Uh, so I went in and I said, Hey, I want to start flight training, but you know, I'm missing my left leg. Uh, so I don't know how, how that's going to work. You know, what advice do you have? And it was pretty much like, Oh, you just need to do an adventure flight and get a medical and start taking lessons. And it's like, uh, well, like, what about my, you know, what about my leg? Like, how's this going to work? And they're like, I don't know. We've never done this before. We're just going to have to figure it out. So luckily they didn't just, you know, turn me around out the door and tell me they couldn't help me. They were willing to, to, uh, work with me, but yeah, they really had no clue as far as, you know, how to help me through this process as an amputee. Yeah, I can imagine. And, you know, it's really good to hear that they were so welcoming and wanted to find a way to make this work. Um, you know, going into those first few flight lessons and, you know, trying to see, you know, how can I control the aircraft, you know, in the efficient, safe way? What were some of the struggles or challenges that you, you know, you faced? So the biggest one was definitely figuring out rudder, rudders and brakes. Um, you know, pushing the rudders back and forth wasn't a big deal, but pushing the rudders and not pushing the brakes or only pushing the brakes when I want to, you know, especially on the left, my left side, because I don't have, uh, you know, I have no ankle. So it's almost like if you're like, if you were flying in ski boots, um, that's probably the best way I could yeah, that's a good try, example. <laughs> try to describe that. You know, if you had one ski boot on, you know, and you're trying to work the pedals. So, uh, there was definitely a, a, a couple times where I'm like yelling at the instructor, like, you know, Hey, you gotta, like, you gotta stop the plane. I can't, we're turning left and I'm trying to turn right. Um, but again, he, he was real great. He didn't really have any advice for me, but uh, he worked with me. We went to a non-towered airport that wasn't very busy and did a bunch of like high speed taxiing. So I could really get the feel for the, the rudders at least. And then it was just kind of on my own to kind of figure out the rest of it. So I stopped flying with a regular prosthetic with a foot and a shoe on it and started using, I guess the best thing I can explain it was like a peg leg um, with a little square platform. So I could be more precise about where I was putting my foot on the pedal. Um, and then I eventually found a way to kind of use 
use my right feet, my right foot on both pedals, if that makes sense. So, mm -hmm. uh, if you can think of like, you know, you're pushing both pedals with your feet. Uh, so I've got my like peg leg at the bottom of the left rudder pedal. Uh, and then my right foot, you know, you can kind of work the whole pedal with your right foot because my ankle works. I'll just slip my right toe over to the left pedal and tap the brake sometimes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was just a bunch of trial and error and figuring out what worked and what didn't and making sure that I could be as you know safe as possible. Yeah, that was definitely. my fear. That's always been my fear going in is like not being able to turn or stop when it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, especially those moments on the ground when you're trying to slow down the aircraft. Um, it's definitely critical. And so I imagine that you got really familiar with the aircraft you were training in, but then as things progress, you know, you're going to switch different aircraft. And not only do you have to just as a, you know, any pilot walking into a new aircraft, get yourself familiar with the avionics, how the plane flies, all that stuff. Um, were there challenges when you were switching to, you know, different aircraft there? Yeah, that was definitely a big one. So I started out in the 172, um, and I think the seating position, there's the space in there made it really easy. And, you know, I had to figure out how to do the pedals, but that was really the only issue. Um, the next plane I got into was a twin Comanche. Um, and the seating, the seats a lot, it's more like a sports car type seating. And I found that, um, like my knee was hitting the bottom of the panel. So I couldn't really push the pedals the way that I needed to. Uh, with my prosthetic because of the way that you know, the panel was oriented to the seat. So I actually had to make adjustments to my prosthetic to make that work. Uh, and then when I did my complex, I did that in a Piper Arrow and it was the same thing. I, I think it was a couple of days before the first uh, lesson in that. I said, Hey, you know, can somebody just, you know, toss me the keys to the arrow. I'm just going to go out and sit in it and try to, you know, make sure that this is going to work that I don't need to make adjustments to my leg. And yeah, it's, that's a big, big part of my thought process when I'm, I even think about anything to do with different airplanes is, you know, how's this going to work out? Is it going to work out? Because mm -hmm. um, I don't want to set myself up for, for failure getting into an airplane that I'm not going to be able to manipulate. Um, but a lot of the times what I've found is the seating position makes a big difference. Um, and then I can make adjustments to my leg when necessary. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you're saying a lot that you had to just figure it out. Uh, trial and error was probably a big part of it. Um, were there other resources or, you know, just anything that could help you and other amputee pilots um, to, you know, make this process a little bit easier and not have to figure out too much on your own, uh, learn from others' experience? So un unfortunately not. Um, you know, before I even went to the flight school the first time, I went online and tried to see, you know, what are what are other amputee pilots doing? Like, how are they flying airplanes? How are they manipulating the controls? Are there special prosthetics that they're using? And there wasn't a lot of information. There was a couple of references in some forums for like airline pilots that, that had lost limbs. Um, I found some, like one obscure article about um, an amputee that was flying a pits and like a, there was a real grainy picture of a, modified prosthetic he had designed and then my other resource my really only good resource was my buddy adam because like mm -hmm. i said he was missing a leg and an arm and he had been flying for a while 
Um, but he primarily flew DA-40s and the pedals and those were a little different than the 172s. So some of the processes he used or techniques that he used worked for me, but I had to find a different prosthetic from what Adam was using. Another guy that I know that comes to mind, he's a double amputee that flies helicopters. And uh, I haven't seen it, but I've heard that he flies with like baby feet prosthetics. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's not a lot of resources out there. Just, mm -hmm. I think it, unfortunately, it's been a lot of trial and error for the people that are doing it. Yeah, that's definitely uh, something I hope that, you know, getting this information out there and, you know, talking about this on Between Two Wings will bring a little bit more awareness. Uh, but I know that Able Flight is, you know, an organization that really does try to help amputee pilots achieve their dreams. So what was your involvement there? How did you get connected to Able Flight? And, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about how you got on the stage that's behind me on the pinning ceremony. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... I got through private instrument and commercial through, um, you know, just personal funds. And, uh, I was able to leverage some of my, uh, uh, VA education benefits. And then when I wanted to do my CFI, uh, I was trying to, you know, figure out how long it was going to take me to save money, figure out how much it was going to cost. And, um, I was talking to Adam about it and he said, Hey, like, why don't you, why don't you contact Able Flight? Because I think Adam might, I think Adam did his sport pilot through Able Flight. He said, contact them. And I said, I've looked at the website. You know, they, they mostly do sport pilots. And he said, you know, it won't hurt just to call and ask. And I said, okay, like whatever, you know, I'll shoot, I'll shoot them an email. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess, I don't know, the, the stars aligned and they were looking for uh, a veteran to bring into the program. And they were willing to help me out. So they, they helped fund my, uh, the training for my flight instructor certificate. And, you know, that was, that ended up, they do every year, like you said, they do a wing pinning ceremony for everybody that's gotten their certificates through able flight. They do their Oshkosh. So we got to go out to Oshkosh, uh, last summer and got my wings pinned and Adam actually came out and, uh, pinned my wings for me, which was pretty special since the, you know, he had gotten his uh, certificate through Able Flight, and then he's the one that got me flying in the first place, got me connected with Able Flight. So that was pretty special. Yeah, I can imagine that was really special. I'm glad I know uh, more of the story behind it uh, from what I witnessed in person. So, like we were saying, there's not a lot of resources for amputee pilots, and you know, hopefully, that's something that you know you and Adam or other people can bring to light moving forward. Um, but just initially, you know, if someone's wanting to go out and get their pilot's license, do you have any advice of things, you know, to start with or, you know, something you wish you would have done differently? Uh, I would say probably the big thing that I tell everybody now, especially as a flight instructor and have gone, going, have gone through the process myself, uh, you know, go take an adventure flight. Most school, most schools will have an adventure flight or something similar where it's a discounted, you know, one hour lesson, you can go out and you get to fly the airplane and kind of see what a typical lesson's like and, you know, really see if it's something you want to do. Um, and then, you know, get your medical certificate docked out, you know, for most people, it's pretty simple, um, pretty simple process just to go see a medical examiner and get that certificate, walk out with the, the certificate. But if you're, you know, an amputee or you have some other uh, medical issue, you know, that may be a longer process for me. 
ended up being a five or six month process to get my medical certificate. So I went to the AME and he deferred my medical to Oklahoma city. And then I waited a while, a couple of weeks, maybe I get a letter from Oklahoma city saying your medical has been denied. Here's all the documentation that we need. Um, and it was some medical records, uh, letters from my doctors, you know, stuff like that. And then that went back to Oklahoma city. I waited more time, weeks, months. And uh, finally, they scheduled a medical flight test where somebody from the FISDO comes out and they want to see you in the airplane manipulating, for me, for my case, manipulating the rudder pedals. And uh, I was like, great, this is finally going to happen. And uh, the guy says, there's one catch. Um, right now, I can't do the flight test in single engine. Um, I need to go back to Oklahoma for some more training. Uh, I can only do it in a twin. And I probably only had, I don't know, 20 hours maybe in my private pilot. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if that's a great idea. And he doesn't matter. I just need to see you push the rudder pedal. So I was like, okay, like this is a chance for me to get into a twin. That sounds really fun. So he came out and we hopped in the a twin Comanche with the chief flight instructor. And we just kind of flew around out in the practice area. He watched me mash the rudder pedals around and, um, he took all that back to Oklahoma city and I waited a couple more weeks and then finally got my, my medical certificate and a soda in the mail, the statement of demonstrated ability. Um, so now every year when I go back to get my, my medical from the AME, because I have that soda, he can just sign off my medical. Now I don't have to go through all the, the paperwork every time. Yeah. yeah it's a lengthy process. Oh, I can imagine. Um, but at least you walked away with a medical and some twin time, uh, something I still <laughs> yeah. don't have. So uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, so now you're, you know, a part-time CFI. Uh, you know, what are some of the impressions you get from students when you're like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to fly? They may do it a little different, <laughs> yeah. but. Yeah, that was my. Uh... That was my initial fear on, you know, day one was uh, somebody walking into the office. And they were saying, oh, this is this is Steven. He's going to be your CFI today because I started off doing a bunch of adventure flights. So it's just a whole bunch of people that were popping in mm -hmm. for you know little flights here and there. And uh, my fear was one of them walking in and just be like, nope, like go, <laughs> go find somebody with two feet. I'm not getting an airplane <laughs> with that guy. Um, and not once, not a single person ever said anything about it. Um, I think I had one guy I did a flight review for and, uh, you know, we introduced ourselves. Then he was, he just said, what happened to your leg? And I was like, I got injured in Iraq and lost my leg. And he was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> and how was that? <laughs> um, so luckily it hasn't been, it hasn't been an issue. Um, like I said, it doesn't slow me down. I can still climb over, climb all over the planes and pre-flight and, um, uh, you know, fly pretty well. So I think that puts people at ease and yeah, it hasn't really been an issue yet. Yeah. I mean, you said like, you can still, you can still fly the plane. What are some ways that pilots like you can, you know, kind of help change the direction of the industry, not having these resources and people to tap into for uh, previous experience? Um, well, I think able flight is a, a bit, you know, a good start. Um, cause you know, able flights, not just for veterans and it's not just for MBTs. Uh, I was actually amazed. I hadn't met any of the other, uh, 
recipients before pretty much before we showed up to the uh to the ceremony that morning there at Oshkosh. So going out on stage and then hearing all their stories, um, you know, I was like, wow, no, I'm like over here with a paper cut. And uh, you know, these guys are like the real deal. Um, so I think Able Flight's a good start. I think what they're doing is great as far as getting people in the air. Um, I think now we just need to find a way to get some more uh let's get the word out uh to people like me so that they know that hey there's other people out here like you that are doing this like this not this isn't like some dream that you had as a kid or before you got injured that you know you can't do anymore um and then yeah i don't i don't know where to move forward from that i don't know if it's uh like starting a youtube channel and starting to like record like all my flight lessons and just show you know even if it's just uh, like a gopro that's shooting at the rudder pedals, just watching my Pico back and forth. Um, or just, you know, explaining like how, how I learned how to fly or forums. Yeah. I really don't know what the, the path forward is, but I think we need something because like I said, when, when I was looking into it before I started training, there was virtually nothing out there. Yeah. Well, hopefully this episode is like you said, one step in the right direction to bring more awareness to pilots like you and just this topic in general. Um, Steven, your story is super inspiring. If you start a YouTube channel, I will definitely follow. So <laughs> keep that in mind. But thank you again so much for coming on Between Two Wings. It's been so great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. And thank you everyone for tuning into this episode Between Two Wings. We'll see you next time. Oh,